Are you wanting to move from being online only to opening a brick and mortar? Ah, that's so exciting. I want to help you, so stay tuned. Now, maybe this is still a dream and it's far off, or maybe you're doing it right now. You're building out a brick and mortar uh, because you have had a pretty successful online boutique. Now, a lot of people will ask me first and foremost, should I open both at the same time? Kind of. If you're going to open a brick and mortar, you can watch some other videos that I've done about brick and mortars. But if you're going to have just a brick and mortar, it's going to be a bit of a different setup to start online. I always say focus on one store first, grow that, and then add. So if you've already built an online business, it's doing well like $3,000 a month, $5,000 a month, $10,000 a month, and you have a pretty good local audience or you think you would have a good local audience, then maybe you're ready to open up a brick and mortar. Let's talk about that. Let's talk about what it means to open up a new location, what it's going to do to your online business because it will affect it. I'm sorry, it just is going to. And what the big differences are, okay? So I want to focus on three distinct areas. One is customers, two is inventory, and three is your marketing. What are the big differences? Again, you've been online. Maybe you've been selling through a Facebook group or through just a website, marketing on Instagram, something like that. First of all, again, my hope is that you have a good basis of like, who are you really selling to? You know that ideal customer and you know that this brick and mortar location is going to be the right spot to find that ideal customer, okay? And maybe you have local customers. I have had clients in the past, like quite a few of them actually, started online, built their business from their home, their basement. Maybe they had a, like a little warehouse at first, but then they decided I'm going to open a brick and mortar. It will also house my inventory, especially if they're moving out of their house. Like this is so great because you get a back room, you get storage, like you don't have to have all your clothes in your guest bedroom or whatever. They decide to open a brick and mortar. And because they've been like locally based at their house, maybe they do have a big local customer base. So a lot of these people have local customer bases because they're at their house or they're in their communities, right? Like they, people know that they're there. They do local pickups, things like that. That's actually, I think, the best case scenario for opening a brick and mortar because you already have this built-in customer base locally. And then they're going to say to their friends, hey, let's go to this store. I think it's really different. I think friends do talk about, hey, I love this online store. But I do think local friends tend to talk about local locations and local stores much more often than I'm like talking about an online shop with a friend or something, right? So if you have a local customer base, awesome. That's the first thing. If you don't, let's say you have been selling online and you're sending orders all over the country, you do want to be sure that this location is going to have your people at it. Like do demographic research on the area. Look at the breakdown of what ages live there, what the average income is. Just double check yourself. Now, again, I have a whole video about how to find a brick and mortar location, uh, but I do want to just call out that like you want to make sure your ideal customer exists where you're opening because I didn't do that. I opened a brick and mortar and my ideal customer was sort of there, but she sort of wasn't there. And so it was definitely a disconnect. And I do think it sort of like threw me off track. Um, and 
I had had a, a mobile boutique and then I opened a brick and mortar. But again, still kind of different, right? Like I was able to go where the customers were first. And then I was stuck in one spot, like hoping people came to me. So there is going to be a difference. Again, even if you're doing pop-ups, like still make sure you pick a good location, even though you've been doing pop-ups in the area. My location was in Massachusetts near Boston, but I should have been closer to the city. I should have been closer to the locations that I actually parked at or popped up in then I think I would have had a better customer base or at least a better opportunity to reach more of my customer base. Now, I think a lot of people assume that when they open their brick and mortar, it's just going to add to their online sales. And I'm going to be the first one to break your heart and say, that's not true. Unfortunately, and fortunately, the universe has this way of like making us focus on what's in front of us. So if you're focused on building a brick and mortar boutique, the online business is going to suffer. Unless you have an online boutique manager who is going to continue to like maintain that business, do your weekly launches, like manage the inventory, get the shipping out, all that stuff. If you are a solopreneur and you're going from online to brick and mortar, your brick and mortar sales are going to become more important. And they hopefully will just become bigger. Most of the time, what I see happens is you get like a double to triple bump in a brick and mortar than what you've been doing online. And again, this is not industry standard. This is not written down anywhere. This is like, you're my client. We've worked together. You had an online store and you opened a brick and mortar. Generally, what I see is like someone's doing $15,000, $20,000 online. They open a store and they don't necessarily... Like their online number drops, but the brick and mortar is doing like 30, 40, 50K. And the online business just sort of like becomes a much smaller percentage. Part of that is you're going to get customers in the store that used to shop you online, obviously, right? Hopefully that local customer base is big and now they all start to shop in person. Now, don't say that that's a bad thing because most often what we see is that average retail uh, spend goes up. So your transactions end up being higher. You sell more units. You sell through things faster. I do think that brick and mortars are still underestimated. I think there's a lot of brick and mortars doing it right. They're in the right location. They're doing great still on social media, advertising locally, like being a part of the community. And they're showing up too. Like the boutiques that I follow uh, in my own town, the ones that I admire the most are doing Facebook Lives and doing Instagrams and stories and hosting events. And they're really like showing up for their business in a brick and mortar way. I think you can do that differently in a brick and mortar than you can online, right? So it's a different piece. It's a different animal. There's different scaling structures. So let's talk about inventory, okay? Customers may or may not follow you. The hope is that obviously they follow you and you are still selling to the same customer that you sold to online. Now, will they buy the same things? Yes and no. You might actually have the opportunity to expand your assortment. Now, don't get crazy. I'm not saying like add men's or kids or baby or... That's not what I'm saying. There might be an opportunity for you to do something like add denim or add leather jackets or add handbags in a brick and mortar that you wouldn't have normally done with an online business. Maybe you want to have candles or a cool lip gloss that a local person makes. Um, All of those things are really valid, but you just can't go crazy, okay? Just because you open a brick and mortar does not mean that you need fillers. Like, the fact that people say, oh, we need fillers for our store. Like, is that filler making you money? If it's not, get rid of it, okay? (laughs) 
Too many people are like, filler this, filler that, and they forget that those fillers cost money and that money should be filtered into their best-selling items. I'm getting on a tangent, as I do. Don't go overboard with tchotchkes. That was my note (laughs) for inventory. Now, do you have to buy like double the inventory? Like what's the amount of inventory? I get asked that a lot. I don't think you have to go crazy like doubling everything. Where I think you go is you go to your brick and mortar, you measure it out, you count how many units are going to fit on the racks, like you lay it out, you know, and you say, okay, for the store to feel full, we need, I think about 300 pieces, you know, or 150 pieces for it to feel overstocked. That's going to be like, 20 to 30% more and understocked. I mean, you've got to figure out where that like, oh, it looks too empty and figure that out, right? I would say you don't want to overdo it in the brick and mortar because again, you don't know who's going to walk through the door. You don't know what's going to sell. You are starting a new store, okay? Like, did I say that? (laughs) You're starting a new store. Hi. (laughs) Just a reminder. This is starting from scratch again. And I know you don't want to hear that. And like, you're not starting fully from zero. Obviously, you're smarter than you were when you started your online business, right? You know so much more. You know how to get inventory. Anyway, you're so much smarter. However, this is a different animal and you're just going to have to like feel into it and get adjusted and realize that it is going to not necessarily be a straight duplicate of your online business. So fill the store and then have some back stock. And what you'll do is you'll sell what you have in store online now. So the thinking is different. You want to make sure the store looks great. So people walking in want to buy things. That's going to pay your rent, pay, you know, all that jazz. And then whatever you sell online is just from the store, right? It's just going to be put online. You're going to have it available online. Maybe you run Facebook ads to it. Maybe, you know, I don't know what the strategy is for online once you shift. Uh, depending on how you operate, the hours you're open, things like that. There's different strategies, but you don't want to abandon the online business that you built either, okay? So make sure you're maintaining that through scheduled posts or, you know, continuing to keep up doing a new new arrivals launch or lives, things like that. Keep going with that. In terms of marketing, there's not a lot different from online and brick and mortar. I think the focus just becomes getting local with things. So where an online boutique, I would love to have you, let's say, run a Facebook ad to the entire country. Like everyone in the US could see this in a certain age group and they like certain things, yada, yada. Where you're a local business, I want you only to advertise locally. So when you run a Facebook ad, you're going to change the location to just where you are within like 25 miles or 50 miles, right? That location is so important. I see way too many. I, I get boutique ads, guys. Like, obviously, I follow a bunch of boutiques. So Facebook knows to serve that up to me. And what I see is I'm getting advertised in Massachusetts, boutiques that are in Las Vegas, that are in North Carolina, that are in Florida, Ohio, and they're brick and mortar stores. Like, I'm, I'm not coming there. And I'm probably not going to shop you online. Like, I I know that sounds silly. Unless you really pizzazz me, like grab me with pizzazz um, with an item that I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so cute. But too many people are advertising saying like, download our app and we have a brick and mortar and we're selling online and we do live shows. And now I'm confused. It's too much. So run separate ads, run local ads. Uh, for Facebook, Instagram, do that locally. That's going to be the shift in your marketing that needs to happen is you're just going to make everything local now, okay? With anything paid or organic, every single post is going to have your location. It's going to have your hours, a store phone number, uh, about me website, like 
All of that needs to be in there. I think, again, it's too easy to look still like an online boutique when you're now paying rent and you want people to come in the store. That's our goal now. You know, your goal now has shifted to like, I want to drive people into the store. So now that you have a location, this is great. You have a place to drive people to. It's not just a website. You're in store. Show people where to park. Uh, Show them the outside of your store. Show them... I don't know how to come in the door. Like the amount of people that don't take pictures in their store, in front of their store. I'm like, you have a brick and mortar, show it off. I want to see it because part of people leaving their house to go places is getting a preview. I mean, how many people, okay, this is a really, you guys, if you've been around me long enough, you know that I love to make restaurant and boutique like parallels. So here's a new one for you, okay? How many times have you gone to a restaurant and wanted to look at the menu so you didn't have to do it on the spot? Hi, guilty. I do it all the time. So you want to look at that menu in advance. Now, why wouldn't someone who maybe likes to shop boutiques or is new to shopping boutiques, it doesn't even matter. I want to Google you and I want you to pop up and I want to see your reviews. I want to see inside pictures. I want to see like where you're located, where I can park. Like I'm pre-planning my trip and I want to see your inventory. So if you have a brick and mortar, it is also still important to make sure you have a good amount of your inventory online so people can really get a preview and get an idea of what the prices are and what the selection is. Like that's important because that's going to make someone say, okay, I'm going to go in there or not. Leveraging local things and local search engines are always going to help. So having your Google listing be like really beautiful, ask for reviews, get those pictures up there, have that also on Facebook, have that also, I wish they had on Instagram. They kind of, I guess they kind of pull, I think maybe they pull from Facebook. So focus on Facebook reviews, right? All of that stuff is going to be important to drive people into the store. This also includes a shift in marketing. So you also have more opportunity to market, I think, in a different way when you have a brick and mortar. I have a lot of clients that have utilized digital billboards or even just straight billboards, like leasing it out for six months. Uh, I also have a lot of people that run local radio ads that do really well because people in dentist office or in the garden center or, you know, various places around town, town hall, they like play a radio station and your ad comes up and it's you and like people will come into your store for that. So Remember, there are lots of opportunities as you start to get yourself into your brick and mortar store to leverage these opportunities, not only for paid advertising, but also for, you know, press opportunities. Have a ribbon cutting, invite your local. Um, like chamber of commerce people, invite your local newspaper, invite whomever you think is going to post about it, share about it, write an article about it. Like invite those people because those are really great organic ways to get your name out into the community. And that's what you are now are becoming, right? Is a community spot. Now, when you're in a brick and mortar, you also have the opportunity to drive traffic through events. And that seems to be a huge way that so many people are getting women like out of the house. And also like, to be honest with you, I don't necessarily always want to go buy new clothes right now. Like I do kind of want to get out and do an event with my friends. So if you're going to host a paint party or a jewelry bead party or something like that, 
I actually would be more interested in coming than just like stopping by to shop. So start thinking about what events do you want to have? Even if it's just monthly, you could bring someone in to help you. I mean, these are the types of things that build community, build a sense of loyalty over time. And building those genuine connections, honestly, I think is why brick and mortars are doing well. Like brick and mortars are doing well. I I very rarely find a brick and mortar. I mean, I don't know. I I think I get people of all stages coming at me, but I I really feel like there's been so much growth for for my brick and mortar businesses that I think if it's something that you really want to get into, and maybe you're one of those people at the beginning where like you are on the fence, you want to open a brick and mortar, but like it feels like an uphill battle. It's not, but like wait for the right location, wait for the right timing of it. I don't think brick and mortars are going away. (laughs) That's the big piece of all of this. I think if you want to move from online to brick and mortar, there are these things to consider, which I've covered a whole lot of them. Um, But I don't think it's a bad idea. Like if you're asking my opinion, like I think it's a great idea to open a brick and mortar. I think you have to be comfortable being there all the time. And that's something like for me, I would hire someone to be there most of the time. And I would just do like the buying and stocking and inventory and marketing and all that stuff. Uh, if I were to open a store again, I would have like employees running it and I would have a lead person running it, you know? And that's just me. I've done this before and I just like, I'm not, I want to be on the sales floor sometimes, but I don't want it to be like reliant on me. So that would be like my learning in restarting over my brick and mortar would be to set it up so that I built into my pricing structure and into my expenses. Like maybe I spend a little less on X to be able to afford more you know, employees or more salary to a manager or something, someone who I know can like run the business, you know, it's going to depend for everyone. And I think at the end of the day, like remembering that the brick and mortar model has been around forever. It's been around forever. So if you have the right concept in the right space with the right marketing and you're the right person for it, like those things can line up. It's not that hard, right? Like, but moving from online to brick and mortar you're going to be probably better at opening a brick and mortar than you were that before you opened online. So if you are in a situation where you're deciding, should I go online or brick and mortar? Like I would always say start online. It's just less of an investment. It's less of a permanent situation. You can test out being a boutique owner and then move to a brick and mortar after a while if that's what you decide to do. So hopefully this has helped you make decisions or get clarity on certain questions you had around like sort of what is the difference between online and brick and mortar in like a bigger sense and how would you move, you know, to both. Like I do think it is a rare unicorn um, business that has like equal brick and mortar sales to online sales. Like I've actually never seen that. So, you know, that's the other thing is remember the more locations you add, including online, the more like the more opportunity, sure, you have to grow and make more money, but the more it is to manage. So just manage that and you'll be fine. Anyway, hopefully this has helped. Uh, Here's to making lots of friends and making lots of money. I'll see you next time. Have you been in business between three and seven years? You're doing between 20 and $40,000 per month, up and down, right? It's not really consistent. You feel like, wow, I'm making a ton of money, but I'm not really making money because I don't pay myself. I'm always freaking out about paying bills and it feels like you're always out of stock in your very best style. Something is wrong. I know I should be doing better. Does this sound like you? Imagine a life where your boutique has consistent, predictable sales and you get to pay yourself enough to fully replace your salary. 
No more worrying about what can get charged on your credit card, just pure positive cash flow and easy peasy living. Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator isn't just good, it's a game changer. Molly really said it best. Emily helped me organize my wholesale business so I wasn't flying by the seat of my pants every day and wondering why I was so exhausted every day. Molly hit a million dollars in sales in 2023. That's the reality that my program, Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, is offering to you. Think about it. A future where your boutique is a well-oiled machine. No more sleepless nights over inventory nightmares or financial stress. With Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator, we can grow your sales by 20 to 50% in as little as six months. On top of that, you'll finally get to pay yourself what you deserve. Molly, just like you, was drowning in chaos. Now, she's not just organized, she's thriving. As Molly puts it, I'm up 57% in sales, 7% in profit. I took two real vacations this year and I have my launches scheduled a year in advance. These are my results, but I truly don't think it would have happened without Emily and Sky's The Limit. I have to add, Molly only started this program in November of 2022, and this is her growth now, November of 2023. But I don't want to just talk about this. I want to help you act on it. And this is where it gets even better. If you are hearing this right now, enrollment for Sky's the Limit Boutique Business Accelerator is open and it's at the lowest price available. Seriously, imagine a boutique where you're not just surviving, you're thriving. Your bank account is healthy and your stress levels are at an all-time low. Don't take my word for it. Hear what a few other people have to say. Rhonda said, I feel more in control of my inventory than ever before. Thanks to you and sky's the limit. Probably the best investment I've ever made in my business. Part of what Rhonda's not telling you is that in under six months, she had reduced her dead inventory by 50%. Ashley also joined us last November of 2022 and was averaging between 20 and $24,000 a month, simply selling through her Facebook group. By February, she had jumped to $32,000 by March was hitting $42,000 a month. That's double what she was doing just a few months before. We didn't do any advertising. She actually launched less days a week. We simply made better buying decisions that fueled her growth. Time sticking. Your dream boutique is just a click away. You can have results just like this too. Head on over to www.boutiquetrainingacademy.com forward slash skies the limit, all one word, and enroll right now. Your 20 to 50% increase in sales in 2024 starts right now.